Welcome to the LEC Podcast, a show about growing in connection with the earth and communities around us. Brought to you by the Living Earth Center in Mankato, Minnesota. I am your host and producer, Jacob Bases. Let's get growing. Update time. The growing season is over. The community farm and garden are closed for the season. We are proud to share that we have donated 3,456 pounds of food to community partners like FOCP or Echo Food Shelf. Thursday, the 15th, is Give to the Max Day. We will be streaming, looking to grab donors, as well as spread our social media reach. Drop in if you see the stream and say hello. Last, we have our winter solstice event, December 21st, with a solstice ritual, reflection, bonfire, and optional winter hike. We hope to see you all there. Our first guest is our own executive director, Laura Marsala, to introduce herself and give some top-level perspective on the Living Earth Center. Uh, So I'm Laura, and I'm the executive director of the Living Earth Center. And we're a small, growing, budding nonprofit uh, located in Mankato, Minnesota. And what we do is literally and figuratively bring people together to share common ground and For those that have been involved in the organization for a long time, they hear me say this all the time, um, but I think it's really important to explain what that actually means. And so uh, what we do is we offer uh, opportunities for people to come together and to grow food uh, and to grow connection uh, within community growing spaces. Uh, We run one of the largest community gardens in uh, the state of Minnesota. It's about two and a half acres. Um, In addition to that, we manage the Blue Earth County Community Farm, um, in partnership with Blue Earth County. And these various uh, community growing spaces uh, provide opportunities for community members uh, to grow healthy produce um, and to address a lot of um, what we like to talk about as as community health initiatives, the the ways that we can build and cultivate healthy community not only by uh, you know providing healthy produce, uh, fruits and vegetables and things like that, um, but also providing healthy atmosphere that people are allowed to come in and be who they are. And um, you know if if they want to get outside and have sun sunshine, they can they can be outside. They can get exercise by growing food um, and tending a garden. Um, but if they also want to be part of a community, there are a lot of different opportunities for people to to come together from every walk of life um, and be able to either have a community garden plot or to volunteer in the gardens and farm that we offer with volunteer opportunities um, or participate in the number of different workshops and events that we have. So um, it is literally a community growing space in the sense that we um, grow food, but it's also figuratively a way in which we're cultivating a healthy community and and bringing a lot of different people in in every way, shape, and form. It's very interesting. Laura, could you maybe tell us a little bit about how you came into this community and how after you came to this community, you came into the Living Earth Center specifically? Yeah. Uh, So I I was born and raised in Denver, Colorado, just outside of Denver, Colorado. And um, I was lucky enough to grow up in a uh, in a an area where I had access uh, to to land. Um, I grew up um, in a space where um, my mom gardened, um, and we had a, a number of apple trees. And so, 
I had access at a very early age of being able to to uh, watch something be planted into the ground and watch that grow um, and have the excitement of of seeing, you know, seeds sprouting um, and then turning into plants and then those plants turning into to, uh, vegetables that I could harvest um, and also be in this environment in which I could connect with the with the earth and with the land. Um, and you know, it wasn't until I was I was an adult that I realized just how important that connection actually is. And um, and so you know, my my history um, in terms of how I landed in Mankato is um, takes me all the way to uh, Lugano, Switzerland. And from Lugano, Switzerland, I lived from a short period of time for a short period of time in sub-Saharan Africa. Um, and then I moved from essentially rural Malawi to rural Minnesota, Mankato. Um, and what I think is so fascinating is I've always had this interest in in this this concept of cultivation, um, but but also how um, growing things actually has the ability to bring people together. Um, we see this in in just about every culture where you know people that are are farming um, or in agrarian societies they're they're able to kind of come together over harvest. They're able able to come together in terms of that food connection piece and. Um, I think that it's just a really exciting thing. And so um, I had an opportunity. I, I lived on a farm for quite some time uh, where we had a, a huge garden and we, uh, you know, lived in what I would like to say, and not, I don't like the term harmony as much as we lived in balance with nature. We tried to do things that were, uh, you know, not only good for, um, good for ourselves, but also had a long-term thought process in mind of how we could um, work with nature um, in order to have something that was sustainable, where our inputs and our outputs were in balance with each other. Um, and uh, as a result of that um, regenerative farming experience, um, I was able to find a job uh, st basically starting the Living Earth Center as an, a new nonprofit, but it had been a concept that had been going on since the 1990s, uh, the School Sisters of Notre Dame. Uh, which is a Catholic women's order here in Mankato, uh, wanted to to start a nonprofit organization that was non-denominational, and it had the ability to continue what they were already doing, which is hosting a one of the largest community gardens uh, in all of Minnesota. But uh, kind of the level up to that was figuring out ways that people could connect uh, deeper with the land uh, and also with each other. And I think those are the two magic ingredients. Um, you know, there's probably a couple of other um, special ingredients, but the the two big uh, ingredients I think for for healthy communities are uh, you know connection, but connection in a way in which um, you know there's there's people feel like they have a sense of place, um, and that can be in the physical sense. If at our community garden sites, if people come and they they're actually growing something in their little ten by ten plot. They are connecting with that with that place. They are connecting with the, the soil. They're connecting with that, but or, or with the um, you know the actual physical land. Um, but I think it extends beyond that. When you have connection also with each other, um, I think something really interesting happens. Um, you know, you you have the ability to extend that sense of place not only to a physical location, but to the the people that inhabit that physical location. And I think. That's a really important ingredient. Um, I think the other healthy ingredient is the concept of um, um, reciprocity, um, the ways in which we can share ideas and knowledge um, 
not from a hierarchical perspective, but from a, a way in which we can actually come together and learn from one another um, and help each other. Um, there's, there's an enormous amount of cross-pollination that takes place when people come together and share ideas. And the cool thing about Living Your Center, uh, and then one of the reasons why I uh, you know, took the position as the executive director, is because I think that those two magical ingredients are um, you know, kind of the center points of what Living Our Center offers to the community. Um, an opportunity to t- come together and to connect with the land, uh, to connect with food, and to connect uh, with the, the people around, uh, connect with each other. But then also an opportunity to um, you know, participate in that concept of reciprocity. When we care for the land, it cares for us. When we care for each other, there's something really important that happens. And community growing spaces, I believe wholeheartedly, are essential, um, not just added bonuses, but are essential to um, healthy, thriving local communities. And so that's one of the reasons why I continue uh, to, um, you know, to continue to, to um, be in this position. It's uh, one of the reasons why I continue to wake up every day and um, be excited uh, about coming to work and working with the amazing staff that we have, because I think we provide something that is um, not only really cool, um, but I think is also essential to the long-term uh, health of the Mankato area community. I really like what you said about the idea of long-term health, because I don't think anyone would really disagree that when we brought supermarkets into existence, that that brought food to a lot of people yeah. and was a great step forward for access, Mm -hmm. but we did lose, like, that's where we gathered around food at that point. So there is a connection that, you know, it's only been, you know, 60 years or so. So like repairing that connection is something that it it makes sense to do. Uh, You you mentioned a number of things and the one you, that I think was probably needing a little bit more clarity was the, you, you got into a little bit about how like the community connecting programs, like common grounds, Mm -hmm like what they're for, but uh, bring that back into the the overall, like talk about those in context of the Living Earth Center for okay. just a moment. Yeah. Um, so uh, as I mentioned, the, the concept of providing a sense of connection, um, I think that that is, um, like I said, a, a magic ingredient uh, for healthy, thriving communities. Um, and I think that one of the ways that that happens is through shared activities um, and the the concept of, of figuring out where we, um, where we, meaning the collective we, that have uh, varied backgrounds and varied hardships and, you know, varied successes and things along those lines, how we can come together and figure out what that commonality is. And in the community growing space physically, the, the commonality is that we're sharing land. Um, we're, you know, all is fair in love and tomato growing. Um, and so we offer that space where the common ground is is just automatic and simplified. But I think Living Our Center likes to ex- expand that um, concept of common ground to a lot of the different activities that we do. Um, and so one of those things could potentially be, um, you know, our, our community common ground series where we bring two very different, um, you know, groups um, that are experts that talk about something. Usually it's something that's linked to um, you know, a following or a nonprofit or something along those lines where we bring two very unique groups together to figure out what that common ground is. Um, and I think that there's something really interesting about what happens when we figure out what, what common grounds are. Um, 
you know, if you're figuring out the common ground between punk rock and pollinator gardens, those might be two different groups that would have normally not crossed paths. But there's something that happens when we're all in a physical space and we're we're sharing that reciprocity of ideas. Um, there's a connection that that starts to form. And what we found out of these experiences is that um, people tend to have um, more support, local for support for each other. We, we find that um, there's a lot more cross-pollination in terms of how we can help, um, you know, bring all of these different organizations or these different ideas up. Um, but in addition to that, it creates what I kind of envision as like this weaving of, of threads. And someone who would have normally been in a circle with another person now suddenly has some sort of connection. And I think that that connection is, is super important for how we kind of all move and operate as a community. So I don't know if that's a little bit too like far out, but I think the concept is there. Um, I think the other thing that happens when we do this is that there's a lot of people that are coming from different backgrounds um, and it's an equity issue. Um, I think people that have access um, suddenly to land and to opportunities to exchange knowledge to, that have access to the table um, are now suddenly brought into a community um, atmosphere and it kind of eliminates the concept of an us versus them or an other no matter what that could be, um, you know, whether that's, you know, having uh, people that are from an immigrant or refugee background or people that are from an elderly community or people that are from an LGBTQ um, community. It just depends on, um, you know, all of the, the different backgrounds that people are coming with. When you, ha when you share that common ground, that thread is linked. And I think that it just creates a much more stable community environment and social environment. I think that I think that explains it very nicely. It connects it to the mission statement. Yeah. A couple times in your introduction, you referred to the Living Earth Center as small, growing, or budding. Um, maybe you could give us a few insights into what that growth yeah. might look like if the Living Earth Center takes its values and mission and pushes it forward. Where are we looking to go? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, so we were founded by the School Sisters of Notre Dame, and I think it's really important to note that uh, the School Sisters of Notre Dame are a Catholic women's order, um, but what's what's fascinating is that they um, are—it's not a religious organization in that sense. We are founded in the concept and the charism, what the sisters call the charism, of care for the earth and care for each other, and I think that's a really, really important foundation because it allows for us to sprout from that, you know, seed. That's the basic seed, care for the earth and care for each other. And, um, you know, with that basic foundation, we've been able to grow over the years. We were founded officially as a nonprofit um, in 2017 um, and since then have been able to, to grow and develop. Um, we've taken a step away from the school sisters in the sense that we are you know, have have physically moved our office spaces uh, away from the School Sisters of Notre Dame n for uh, no other reason uh, than they are no longer um, at their um, you know their their Good Council campus anymore. Um, and they had the the founders of the Living Earth Center really had the the foresight to say, you know, we want to be able to create a space um, that allows for people to connect in this way. And so, in order to do that, we have to have um, a nonprofit. Um, that is non-denominational. Um, essentially, it allows for you know people to come together to to care for the land, to care for each other, 
um, and to, in a lot of sense, create a sense of shared, um, we talk about justice on a regular basis, but that justice also includes uh, food security, food justice, in addition to land justice. Um, and so as we kind of are, you know, step-by-step, year-by-year growing, I think the the main points that we're trying to really bring up are making sure that the concepts of uh, those special ingredients of connection and reciprocity are equitable as, as possible. And so I think the real focus and looking forward is focusing on food justice um, in addition to, to food security, uh, but in addition to that, also land access. Um, it's incredibly difficult for people to access land uh, to be able to grow food. If you're living in an apartment complex um, or if you have, um, you know, you don't have space or you just don't have the equity to be able to put into land, um, it's it's not, there's a, a, a large portion of the population that literally cannot physically connect with the land in the ways that we'd like to be able to offer. Um, and so I think moving forward, really what our, our goals are, are to create that sense of connection and, and right relationship, um, but to make that equitable as possible. So we'd like to continue uh, to expand uh, our community gardens uh, where people can come and they grow food for themselves uh, and maybe their friends and family. But I think we'd like to also be able to expand that um, to be able to offer land for people that wouldn't normally have access to land to be able to start to grow uh, and hopefully create um, easy entry points for people to enter the local food economy. So if they wanted to go to grow, um, you know, traditionally relevant crops um, or something along those lines that can't be found here in the Mankato area, we'd like to be able to offer for people to be able to do that. Um, if someone who is um, really interested in having that connection with the land, even starting to farm or something along those lines, farmland is not accessible um, at the moment. Uh, and so if we're able to create space for people to um, maybe have the beginnings of, of starting a, a farm or growing um, operation, we'd like to be able to do that. And it kind of creates, again, it, it kind of filters back to this core that we're really creating a sense of common ground um, and, and doing that with the special ingredients of connection and reciprocity. I don't know. Does that cover it? I think, I think that does. It really Is it kind too of- vague? It, it isn't. I, I think it's really top level. If you want to go a little bit into, um, I mean, an example, I believe, from what I've seen here of that working already is the Emerging Growers Program. Yeah. Um, maybe you could just talk about that program for yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, so the, the Emerging Growers Program that we currently have um, is, um, is in conjunction with the, uh, the Blue Earth County Community Farm, the space that we offer out there. And we have a, a number of different plots that are a little bit larger uh, than the community garden spaces. And the idea behind that, we're still at like kind of the base level right now. We're still at the really the budding level of this program. But the idea behind that would be that anyone in the community, <clears throat> and I mean anyone, anyone in the community that would like to have access to land that they can grow food that then... Um, can be um, sold either at a farm stand or, you know, hopefully at a farmer's market or even infused within the local food economy here, uh, the grocery stores and, and restaurants. We'd like to create pathways for that. Um, we already have a number of growers that are, are currently um, at the farm that are, are able to do that 
Um, although it's a program that we're kind of still kind of in the infancy stages of, of testing out and, and um, you know, trying to figure out what the challenges and the barriers are so that we can create a really robust program moving into the future where in this, uh, you know, Mankato is a very agricultural area, right? We're surrounded by fields and agriculture. Um, but I think what Living Earth Center really is focused on doing is creating pathways for people to be able to enter that local food economy and to build that local food economy in an equitable and just way. Um, and so that's one of the ways that we're doing that is through the Emerging Growers Program. Long term would probably be to, um, you know, acquire uh, some additional land so that we can, again, help uh, people uh, be able to connect with the land, with the earth um, in that way and be able to have some uh, additional and expanded economic uh, pathways into the local food economy, if that makes sense. It does. Um, thanks for clarifying that. Um, and maybe just kind of like in, in closing this segment, you could talk about what it is that you personally do to connect the land here and how you find yourself connecting to yeah. this community here in Mankato. Yeah. Um, one other thing that I forgot to mention, and I just remembered, is that um, I, looking into the future, too, I think we're probably going to be looking at ways that we can help other organizations or, um, you know, uh, communities, whether that's school communities or organizations, neighborhoods, um, create community growing spaces so that it's it's not just that, you know, you have to come to Living Earth Center to have a, a garden um, what we'd like to do is to be able to work with communities to help set those up and manage uh, community growing spaces as well. We do currently work with the Homestead Apartment Complex, um, which is a local um, apartment complex here that does not not all residents, but some, um, you know, have, uh, you know, are, are in low in income housing. Um, but the idea is that we can bring that connection to communities rather than communities having to try to access it somewhere else. And so that's another kind of access point that we'd like to focus on. Um, in addition to, to land access and food security, um, we'd like to be able to um, start to help communities develop these community growing spaces as well. Um, in terms of what I do, um, I have a yard uh, uh, that has a diversity of different things that are growing in it. Um, I try really hard to have the a front yard garden um, that doesn't always look totally managed in the way that um, maybe is the traditional American way of managing the yard. Um, but I think what I like to do is uh, create a space that I can invite people into. And the sense that I do that is, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, when I first moved to my, my current house, I put up a um, uh, cucumbers and tomatoes, and I grew garlic and onions just in my front yard. It was almost next to the road, and I had a lot of people come up and say, "Oh my gosh, you know you're going to have so many so many issues with deer, and I've never seen vegetables grown in the front yard like this." And um, what was really interesting is that as I was out in my front yard tending the garden that I was setting up, not only was it an opportunity to talk with my neighbors that were passing um, and to have conversation. Um, but it was also an opportunity to share some of that produce. So they would walk by and I'd be able to hand them a tomato and we'd start a conversation. And so that connection point was was made, right? 
Um, and what I think is really interesting is when that connection point happens, some other things happen too. Um, you know, I don't spray my dandelions. I don't, um, I rarely mow my, my lawn. Um, I'm trying to infuse more uh, clover and native pollinators um, into my, um, my landscape, generally speaking. But it also gives me an opportunity when neighbors come by uh, to be able to have a conversation about why that is. And what I think is really interesting is through that, that way of doing things, I was able to connect with a neighbor who attended a pollinator class, a workshop at the Living Earth Center, and subsequently stopped all, um, all spraying of all of her yard um, as a result of that. And so I think that knowledge is connection is the entry point. And in that connection, there's a shared understanding um, of knowledge or an exchange of knowledge and, and interest. And then from there, um, I think action actually happens when people have access to information and knowledge that's not um, forced in a in a like you know forced down your throat. I think that a lot of meaningful change and organic change um, really starts to take place and. Um, I think that's kind of the solution to a lot of the challenges that we have. So that's what I do in my own kind of backyard. I do not have a green thumb. It doesn't mean just because I grow cucumbers doesn't mean that they were, you know, they were great. Um, I, <laughs> I'm connected with a lot of people who know how to uh, grow things really, really well. Um, but I think more than anything, you know, there's no such, uh, what do they say? There's no mistakes in gardening, just experiments. So I'm an experimenter all the time, just trying things, seeing how they grow. So that's what I do. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you so much. It was yeah. really nice getting to know you a little bit better. Yeah. And uh, I think we're all better for it. For our second segment, we have Ferdinand, one of the growers out at the Blue Earth Kearney Community Farm, here to talk about his experience looking for land access in Minnesota and how he's worked with the Living Earth Center. Welcome, Ferdinand. Yeah, thank you, Jacob, for giving me the opportunity to uh, give a, a story about myself and uh, how uh, I started farming, especially in America. Uh, my name again is Ferdinand, as you mentioned. Uh, I grew up in Kenya. Uh, the setup in Kenya, we used to do farming. Uh, every homestead, they used to do their own farming, especially in the village or up country, as we may call it. And I, I was born and uh, grew up seeing my family doing it. I continued doing it uh, because we used to get our own food, which we used to consume from the garden. We'd buy a few things like salt, cooking oil, and sugar, but the rest come from our own farm. Even we used to have cows and chicken, everything almost. We used to get it from our own homestead. So coming to America, since I grew up in that setup, I had interest to start doing farming. Luckily enough, I arrived here, found in Minnesota. People were doing farming, more especially Kenyans, and they used to grow the vegetables I used to love while I used to grow up in Kenya. So I dived in and started doing it, and I've been practicing for over 15 years, or the entire life I've lived in the America, and those food has helped me to feed myself and my family. Because before I, I had a family, I used to grow for myself. But when my family came, I extended uh, doing it more. But being that said, it's becoming scarce, not enough. Sure. Um, and uh, when, you, when you first came to America and you decided that you wanted to grow food, 
what was the journey like to find access to land? It was kind of difficult. It was not easy. Actually, luckily, my host had it, but when I moved down to south, I live in St. Peter, it was hard to find where to farm. I struggled asking everyone because I did not want to stop doing farming. Luckily enough, I've met one person where I used to work. He introduced me to the community garden in St. Peter. I got a few plots, but then it used to be enough. People were not doing it. I grabbed uh, enough uh, to enable me get enough food for my family. As the community continued growing, it's becoming small and small. Uh, then uh, my friend Joseph, who moved from South Minnesota as well, father in Wyndham, uh, he came here to Mengero, actually introduced me to Living Heart Center, uh, which they were offering a new place to farming. I requested him to put my name, and they, they gave me some plot to do farming, which really I enjoyed this first season, and I got enough produce from there to enable feed my family. Sure. Um, and uh, can you just contextualize uh, how much how much land it takes to do that? Um, how many folks are in your family and uh, the amount of food that you're, you know, pulling out of the air? Uh, my family is, uh, I have a family of seven, uh, including my father-in-law uh, and my parents as well. They live with us as my, I have my brother as well. So in St. Peter, so we are about a family of uh, nine and the pot, me and my brother, we plant vegetables, which always runs us the whole season. For example, like the one we harvested now, we frost, we frost it. It's going to run us past next year, maybe up to October. And the excess we share with friends and the other people who don't have uh, the culture of food. Uh, on that, I can add... Uh, the size of uh, space I do plant or I planted this season was 20, 20 by 40, about three, plot, three to four plots, which supplied me that enough food to feed my family the whole season of winter sure. and part of summer. You've uh, mentioned a couple times that you've had some to share um, and that there is otherwise a need um, are there a lot of folks who just don't have access to these foods because they don't either have like the time or capacity or access to the land or to farm it? Yeah, the demand for culture of food is high because it's not all can be able to afford or to access a place to farm. So still there's a demand high out there. But if we have uh, enough, we can plant even for sale because those who don't have access they can buy from us, and uh, in that way, they can ask our living as well so that we can be able to support our family as well financially. Yeah, um, and what what is it like for them now? They're, uh, where are they getting these foods if they're getting them at all? Uh, they get from open market some, but it's not enough. Uh, I can say when I came, that's 2008, 2009, 10. I used to have a small garden. Used wasn't enough for me. I used to go to the farmers market. Sometimes I get them. Sometimes I don't. 
if I get them, sometimes they are not good the way I like them. So I prefer growing them myself. I fetch them myself. There's the style you can fetch them and they get good food. Because the farmer's market, normally what was the problem, once I buy them, I go home and start sitting down the whole day, start making them. But if I fetch them, I fetch them one way, go home, prep them, took me less minutes uh, getting them done than the one from the farmer's market. How does that, um, how does that affect your, your family? Is, is it something that you all do together, um, the growing of the food, or is it, um, is, it, is it you who's doing this? I do with my wife and actually my brother, although he does do for his house, but we help each other to get this done. Uh, I training my kids as well. I don't go by myself, I always take them to the garden to show them how to plant. Sometimes I show them how to harvest. So my family is being involved in this process. Um, let's see. Uh, can you give some examples of ways, uh, like lessons that you have taken with you from your time farming in Kenya and how you apply them here to the landscape in Minnesota? Yeah. Back home... Or in Kenya, where I grew up, we used to do kind of, I call manual work, use a shovel. You go into the garden and till manually. But here we use uh, kind of tillable tools. Sometimes uh, what we found out, they don't work really good because the tillers we use, you know, like tractors, they don't dig enough soil. So we have those shovels as well. We do manually. Then we we break the soil with the tillers so that we get uh, rich soil when you plant. Uh, you need good roots. You don't want shallow soil. You want your roots to go down and uh, get the best nutrients. And that's when you're going to get good yields. Um, and uh, maybe if you could share uh, some of like a, an example of one of the dishes that you create and like what kind of flavor profile that might have. Um, uh, like w one of the dishes that's important to your family. The most staple food in my family, and I can mention this, we do cook at home 98%. We don't, I mean, we go to restaurants once for a while, but most of the food we cook at home. And our staple food is ugali and the vegetables we get from our gardens. And those vegetables, we keep varying them. We have a different menu every, every evening for what type of vegetable you're going to cook. Because I mentioned we cook uh, saga, which we call spider plant. We cook managu. Uh, we cook uh, collard green, cabbage. Uh, sometimes we cook beans. And uh, among other vegetables, normally we do plant. So... Those vegetables we do alternate every evening, as I mentioned, and they, uh, they provide us with uh, best. I, I asked this. They act as a side vegetable is a side dish, goes with the ugali, and sometimes we prep uh, stew meat and uh, sometimes roast chicken, which goes along with them. Sure, I, that that's actually it's it's very surprising to me. I I feel like uh, in like because I've done no farming at all like i don't imagine a plot that's as small as the one that you've talked about producing a different kind of side dish almost every night and being able to feed you know six people 
Um, it's, it's really amazing that that's available to you. Uh, that said, uh, what are your, what are your plans for farming in the future? Would you like to see, um, more or, you know, how, how would you like to, to see your ability to work with the earth? Grow? Uh, first of all, I, I thank the living heart for providing us the opportunity to do farming. I will, uh, I would love to have extra space for more vegetables. Uh, more especially, I'm planning if I can grow and sell, that will help me either financially and or can help because there's a lot of going on in my family. We need more finance to be able to sustain ourselves economically, you know, to end the struggle every day. We don't want to eat paycheck to paycheck. At least we want to have some savings for yourself, mm -hmm. uh, for your family as well. There's school fees or tuition, we can call it. For the kids when they grow up, we planning to start saving for them. It's a, it's a good opportunity to start working on ways to raise funds for the future generation. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I I guess thank you for that statement. Um, and is there anything you would like to uh, say to the listeners, um, kind of in closing, um, about the Living Earth Center or about land access or you know basically just just anything you'd like to say before we wrap up yeah my comment goes out to the listeners and the i mean to the living art center as well uh getting access to land is really critical to us because even the information it's well it's not easy but through living art center we getting this opportunity to start accessing uh some extra land for ourselves and also to start getting more information. But still, I can request more than to it so that we can get enough information. For example, those emerging, young emerging farmers who need uh, how to farm, still the different uh, setup need different information. Where I grew up, I used to have information right there. But here in America, even how to own the land, it's not easy. So I need to get more information on how to go that navigate that system at least to acquire some extra acres of land to continue practicing planting this culture of foods. Um, well, uh, thanks for coming on, and uh, we appreciate talking to you, Ferdinand. Thank you, Chico, for having me, and I uh, appreciate for the opportunity to share my story and uh, to share the good food we normally plant. I can call it the vegetables. They are healthy food, which gonna be able in the future sustain the health of our bodies because our bodies need to be built by the healthy vegetables. Uh, that's what I can comment on that. Thank you again. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. If you find yourself in alignment with our mission and values, the Living Earth Center is a 501c3 nonprofit. Consider donating. You can find more information at livingearthcentermn.org.